Welcome back to the Reason Together podcast. You might be wondering, why haven't you put out more episodes recently? Well, let's see. We went on our vacation trip to the Maven Conference. Then we got back and my grandfather finished his radiation treatment for cancer. Then about two weeks later, he was diagnosed with cancer in the blood. So I have been building a wheelchair accessible bathroom. Also, with a saddened heart and a hopeful one at the same time, my wife and I are switching churches. There is no hard feelings towards the church or people we are leaving. We have prayed for this about a year now. We were down in California. We decided to follow God where doors are opening. So things have been busy, but we are back with this one titled, Does Micro Suffering Disprove God's Existence? It's going to be a long one, so buckle in and let's hope I can get this done. <laughs> How do we know God is even real? Are the Gospels even reliable? Where do I go for answers? What is Christian apologetics? Welcome to the Reason Together podcast. The place for your apologetic questions with Walter Falcon. People say, don't talk to me about God. When his chosen people were subjected to the evil they were in the Holocaust, does evil and suffering negate the existence of God? People always have this disdain and moral hatred for morally wrong things. We all sat there on September 11th, 2001 and watched those planes hit the towers. Some people were probably frozen in traffic. Others were at home holding their families. I bet some of you were in crowded rooms and felt the most alone you ever have in your life. I personally was in preschool in Coos Bay, Oregon. I remember my teacher turning on the TV set. I did not know why people were crying. I walked up to my teacher and asked, were there people in that building? At that moment, my question was answered. I saw someone jump from the building to their death because they did not want to die from fire or the building falling on them. We all know that people have been wronged in this world. We all at times feel like, how could a loving God allow all of this to happen? I know this quote hits us right at the confusion we have about God and the problem of suffering we look at the Holocaust and wonder, how could God allow this? In my own life, I wonder this also. If God loved me, why would I have been born addicted to drugs? Why would he make me white when my father is Hispanic? subsequently making me stand out the question is does any of this actually mean god does not exist or if god does exist he sits there and does not care or if he sits there in agony because he can't help one of them right let's look at apricuses 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 something in the greek argument first especially He believes that God and suffering are logically inconsistent, like a squared circle, or like when every kid asks, can God create a rock so big he can lift? Premise one, God and suffering cannot coexist. And premise two, suffering exists. Does this give us the conclusion that God does not exist? When people think of God, they think of an all-powerful and all-loving. Let's look at the first one. Does all-powerful mean he can do anything fathomable? Like our example earlier, can God create a squared circle? No, 
God cannot do what is logically impossible. You might ask why. Aristotle called God the unmoved mover. Now take that with the common Big Bang model, understanding that everything came from nothing and out of nothing. So everything that is comes from God because he is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, all-powerful, and personal. So logic and understanding are what make humans in God's image because he is logic and understanding, i.e. a personhood. You might ask, why are we talking about God being logical? That is because he can't do something against his nature. And if logic is part of his nature, he can't go against that. Just how a married bachelor cannot exist, what God can do is give up his ability to control something, such as free persons, because he wants us to love him. Then we have our second part. Is God loving? I just think back to my parents. Would my parents have been loving to keep me out of harm's way every time? I'd be walking around like Jake Gyllenhaal and Bubble Boy. This is not loving. This is a complete restriction of our freedom. So what we see is God is loving, but he has chose to allow us to make our own decisions because God does not want moist robots who have to love him because he said so. Let's look at this idea. Can God make free people who can't do what is wrong or won't do what is wrong? In our mind, it sounds like, yeah, God can make a world where we can do wrong, but no one will choose to. But to have free will, we have to fully be capable to do what is wrong and not be hindered from it. Things that always do the same thing, we do not call free. A ray of light travels at a set speed. We do not see some rays choosing to go slower or faster. Same with gravity. Could you imagine if gravity chose one day your kid is playing, playing hopscotch, and one second they're skipping along and the next second they're floating off into space. Gravity is like, yeah, I'll keep you here. Then at next second it's like, nah, I'm tired. And let's go of something. Maybe your car or maybe your kid all this to show that free people need to choose to do right from wrong. Many atheists have given up and conceded for an emotional reason the fact that micro-suffering and evil does not disprove God. People like J.L. Mackey in his book The Miracle of Theism stated, quote, We concede that the problem of evil does not, after all, show that the central doctrine of theism are logically inconsistent with one another, end quote. Now we also have to talk about the problem of evil and God. The hard pill to swallow is without an objective standard of good, evil cannot exist. We do call things evil without believing in God, but that is confusing ontological with cosmological. That is that we know something versus how we know it. Some people will try to make a verbal case for moral relativism until your or my view disagrees with them. Let's look at our main premise. Is the Holocaust objectively wrong? I think we all automatically know that mass genocide of people is wrong. Even if Hitler would have won the war, successfully brainwashed everyone on the planet believing that what he did was right, he would still have been wrong. It has nothing to do with human opinion. 
so there has to be something outside of humans to give us our morality. Now the question really is, why does God allow and choose to put me through evil? Well, this is the hard one for me. Different examples in that the Bible gives us. John 9, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus, neither man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. We see that God seemingly chose to allow us to be in situations to grow us in him and so his light can be shown through us. I cannot accept that it is God who puts us into evil's way because that would make him the author of sin. But he allows it. When I think of it, I think that because God has chosen not to keep us from evil when humans have free will. He came to earth in the form of Jesus of Nazareth. I hold that he came to earth and suffered more than any human could have even fathomed. Not only was he betrayed by a close friend or beaten half to death, then nailed to a cross and suffocated to death. This is all the suffering we commonly think of. I believe there is one more suffering that Jesus went through. Mark 15:34. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Even Jesus, who is God in human flesh, felt separated from himself. I cannot imagine that type of pain and agony. So I believe that God came to earth not just to save us from damnation, but so he can feel our pain and suffering, so he can have a relationship with us. Hebrews 2.18 For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is also able to help those who are tempted. At the fullest extent of atheism, Hitler and Stalin were doing what should have been done. In atheism, it boils down to survival of the fittest and reproduction. I know it sounds harsh, but the fact that those groups of people were captured, they were obviously not the fittest. And so it's logically correct to kill, the, uh, to kill off the weak. So the best are reproducing, right? We cannot expect people without God to have control of themselves because in atheism, we as humans are just moist robots. Quote, DNA neither cares nor knows. DNA just is, and we dance to its music. End quote. Richard Dawkins. He hits the nail right on the head. If God does not exist, then there is nothing but the physical world. But we have a reasonable reason to believe that God exists. Also, his divine words give to us through the Bible. It teaches the hope that we all look for. We all know the depravity of man, but God has given us a promise in Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. One last quote. Several hours or several years makes no difference once you have lost eternity, end quote. John Paul Sartre.